Greetings, ladies and mendigants, and welcome to this latest episode of Tales from Outer Space. Taken from the subreddit HFY. The links to all the stories will be down below, and as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider subscribing. Story number one. I do not understand. Written by Kinesis is cool. Zenel uttered these words as the slow-moving black vehicle tracked its way through the strange field. She stared out the window but addressed the statement to a single human in the passenger section of the vehicle. The field was covered in stones that had clearly been shaped by artificial means. Her claws tightly clasped around the ceramic pot in her lap as her confusion mounted. What don't you understand? As the appointed representative, I am happy to answer any of the questions of whatever you want. This is a historic event, after all. He spoke to them in a recognizable, if heavily accentuated, version of their own tongue. An impressive feat considering that the two species hadn't even known each other's existence for just over ten years. Zanel looked at her three companions. She could tell that they also had questions. Their dorsal feathers were twitching gently. But, as she had been designed as a keeper, they were forbidden to speak until the ceremony was finished. What I don't understand, formal communicator, is why you take us through the stone forest. Where are the crowds of adulators? The monument to be built to the sub-navigator Jun's honor. He is a hero. Why is he not being honored as such? She asked with the plumage what was left of it, rising a show of displeasure as well as a confusion. She thought back to the events of the previous month. She had been the sub-commander of the ship Frozen Plumage. Their mission was simple. Official transportation of goods from the Zurian government deemed necessary. A trading vessel, nothing out of the ordinary. But there was something different and special about this voyage. A human had become part of the crew. As a gesture of goodwill between the Zurian people and the humans people, it had been decided that a select few members of each species would serve minor positions within the others' respective governments, hopefully forestalling friendship and understanding of one another's culture. Jun Watanabe had been their representative human. It had been a very difficult to work with him in the beginning. It was frustrating, not being able to speak without a machine translation nearby. Not only that, but the human did not even have feathers. How was she supposed to understand the nuances of his words without anything to judge them by? Navigator of the frozen plumage, a position given to trainees, but he had been good at his job. Zernal had not known a sub-navigator Junwell, but they interacted on an official capacity regularly. Since she was the command of the sub-bridge where he was stationed, she had heard of him introducing games from his homeworld that other members of the crew had fallen in love with chess, go, and poker, they all were apparently called, and she had admitted to herself both burning curiosity about them, but it would not do for a member of the command to be seen socializing with a trainee. But the way the crew talked about the games made her hum with curiosity. What if she... Uh, it's a graveyard, not a stone forest. This is the most common way for us to enter our dead. Each stone out there is called a headstone, stated the formal communicator, pulling Zernal out of her memory. Her companions all looked out of the window in stunned amazement. Each of these stones carried a body. 
You do not give them back to nature. You do not give a formal location to give them back. Surely, eventually, you'll leave no more room to keep your dead. She asked the formal communicator incredulously. He responded carefully. We do have some for a select few locations for a few, but uh, the most part we either do this or incinerate the bodies. Bodies. Humans were barbarians. They were to be honored dead. To be kept alive in memory of the people that they knew and their hatchlings. Not to be forgotten in some field. Barbarians. The Nile had once thought that much the same about Jun. He had refused to eat his prey live. The beast had actually demanded that it be skinned and heated to a nearly burnt before he would touch it. His fellows explained that it would ruin the flavor and destroy the soul of the prey, but he would have it no other way. Concessions had to be made for the sake of a good political relations. They had been nearly two months into their assigned transportation. The subcommand crew was in the mess for their morning hunt. It was a good way to prepare for work, by chasing down your designated prey and quickly gobbling it down. It sharpened the senses and reminded you that nature was still present, even in the ever-black that stayed between the worlds and stars. Only sub-navigator Jun had gotten his prey yet, still not capable of catching the elusive rodent on his own. Just as Anar was about to take pity on him and catch the prey for him, the whole ship shook and the lights flickered. The subcommand crew flew to their stations, Jun several seconds behind the rest of them, as he simply was not as fast. Zanal had already tried to reach command, only to receive a report that a hidden ship had fired upon their own. Pirates. The first salvo had completely destroyed command, leaving all critical ship functions in the control of the subcommand. The ship shuddered again as it was trying to gain control of the situation. Flame shot out of the vents, burning every creature in the room. Each Zurian instantly dropped to the floor in an attempt to put out their burning feathers. The only one standing was sub-navigator Jun. His thick skin had kept the worst of the damage off of him. He quickly grabbed the extinguisher and put out the rest of the crew. The crew all put on an emergency breathing masks, as it was clear that the life support had been damaged. With the ship crippled, they all heard the distinct sound of magnetic clamps reverberating throughout the ship. The pirates were docking. Zanal ordered three of the six crew to stay on the subcommand and do what they could to manage the situation. Subnavigator Jun, the quartermaster, and herself went to the emergency armory. With the ability to fly lost, it was quickly evident that Jun was now the fastest of the group. Once the weapons had been obtained, they rushed out into the breach point, passing by a dozen wounded or dead crew. Most of them were on fire, more smoldering. Sub-navigator Jun reached the breach nearly half a minute before the quartermaster and herself did. What they saw shocked them. Up until this point, she had looked down on humans, even pitied them in a bit. They couldn't even catch their own prey after all. But... What she saw Subnavigator Jun do in that hall would stay burned into her memory until after she had lost her last malt. His big, dopey-looking body was picking up a pirate Zurians and breaking them easily. With every punch, a Zurian would fly into a wall or ceiling, and it wouldn't get back up. His kicks had such strength that Zernal could see the bodies of the pirates fold around his leg and feet before the rest of them flung away. 
Also amazing to the sub-commander was the sheer endurance. He had clearly killed half a dozen of them by the time herself and the course master arrived. And he didn't slow down at all until it was over. The pirates, of course, didn't take his assault flying down. They had repeatedly shot them with their fire rifles, but they only left an angry red marks on his body. Whereas a normal Zurian would have lit up like a torch. An almost guaranteed death. Once the shrapnel discus had been thrown into the hall straight at sub-navigator Jun, showing incredible dexterous and reflexes, the human had grabbed the discus and flung it back into the hall that it had come from, before it exploded. No more fire came from that direction. Nearly on his own, sub-navigator Jun had cleared out the invading pirates. He looked at Zernal and the quartermaster. He said something that she couldn't understand, and pointing back the way that they came. Then, with what she had come to understand as a smile, he rushed into the pirate ship. No one knew what happened exactly on the ship, but soon it detached from its forced dock and drifted away, before exploding into nothing. An eternal part of the Everblack now. He had saved the ship and those few that were still alive on it. Which brought us back to the black vehicle and the formal communicator. The vehicle pulled to a stop. You still have not answered my second question. Where is the crowd of adulators? Where is the monument? The glory of sub-navigator Jun Watanabe should be sung for centuries. Hatchlings should be brought into the shining beacon of what your species could be. He is a hero and deserves a hero's burial. Zernal spoke with a great deal of passion. Her three companions ruffled their breast feathers in agreement. The doors opened and a sad group of humans stood, waiting for them. Dressed in black, a formal communicator stepped out of the car and gestured for the Zirians to do the same. He spoke softly, Yes, Jun Watanabe is a hero, and that is why we are burying him here. He gestured to the area. This section of the graveyard was nothing but rows upon rows of simple white headstones, as a formal communicator had called them. Unlike other parts of the graveyard, they were all white, with minimal variation amongst them. He continued, Jun Watanabe was a soldier, a veteran who volunteered for the position. Every single grave here is a grave of a hero. If we made a monument to every hero who died to save others, we would truly run out of space. As it is, we keep a simple ceremony and make a note in history. His death has helped foster greater alliances between our people. It will not be forgotten. The formal communicator spoke the words so simply, so directly, Zernal was unsure that he had spoken them correctly. She and her companions looked at the field. There were white stones nearly, as far as the eye could see. This is where you inter your species' greatest heroes, he asked with incredulity. There were so many. Her people had only a few hundred for the entire history. They had to memorize their names before the second malting. The formal communicator twisted his face. It was like a smile, but not. No, not all. This is only for the people who were born in this local area. There are tens of thousands of sites like this across the planet. The ceremony was small, quiet, and dignified. The loudest portion was the ceremonial death screech that Sernal had performed to let the sub-navigator Jun Watanabe know the right direction to the eternal Airy. 
where he would roost in peace. And on the ride back, Zanal numbly looked out the window at the passing graves. All of these were heroes. Perhaps the Zurians had made a stronger allies than the leadership had believed. End of story number one. I hope that you enjoyed, and if you did, please consider subscribing. If you wish to support the author, there is a link to the original story, so pop over there and give him your support. If you wish to support this channel, however, there are a few ways to do so. The best and easiest would be to share this video with other people, as well as liking, subscribing, and leaving a comment. All of these things tell the algorithm that this channel is at least vaguely interesting, and that may share it with other people. If you wish to support the channel in some other manner, watching my other videos would also help tremendously. Or, if you really, really, really like, there is a link down below to leave a tip or to join the Patreon. Any and all support is very much appreciated. And I hope that you all have a good one until the next time. And I'll see you then. Cheers.